0: Read it, uh, it's on the, uh, first, first uh, Peter 3, 8 through 11 is the first scripture in your bulletin. So summing up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you, no exceptions, no retaliation, no sharp tongue sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job, to bless. You're to be a blessing and also to be to get a blessing. Whoever wants to be embrace whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good, here's what you to do. Here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful, snub evil, and cultivate good. Run after peace for all your worth. Amen. We're continuing in a, a series that Pastor Steve is teaching. It's called Radical Living. We're doing part four of it. It's going to be based on the scripture I just read you. It's uh, 1 Peter 3, 8 through 11. I'm going to read it in the NIV. That was in the message version I just read you. I'm going to read it in the NIV before we get started. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because this is this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. Just another version of what I've just read. Uh, these are these, This message today... Is for everybody here, including me. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that none of us have this message altogether. Uh, it goes for everybody that can hear, everybody that has ears to hear, for sure. Uh, I read this and I'm like, man, some of this stuff I'm not very good at. <laughs> so it was a hard one to uh, deal with when you tear the scripture apart and you and you just focus on this little parts in it. You're like. Man, I'm not very good at much of this in here. And you realize how short we fall, you know, to compare it to Jesus who is perfect. How short we fall. So I'm going to get started. Uh the first the first line in your bulletin is be agreeable. Be agreeable. Romans twelve, sixteen, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. The first, the first part of that verse, uh, live in harmony with one, uh, one another, that's what being agreeable is. Uh, I, I do this, I'm agreeable with my wife a lot. There's no two people as far as I can see, there's no two people that's gonna agree on everything all the time yeah, It's just that way if you the more time you spend with somebody, the more you're gonna notice you disagree with that person just because everybody has an opinion and uh i as I always heard they all stink <laughs> but uh what I've when I sat and I thought about this for a little while being agreeable, uh the only way I figured that you can be agreeable is if you let the little things go. And that's what we do with our spouses. If you don't fight a lot, you let the little things that bother you go. You have to uh develop this uh part of you where you're not gonna say something about every little thing that aggravates you about somebody or every little it's not, it's not as much as your opinion is the same as that person's. But it's to be in harmony with them. You can't argue over every little thing. If it doesn't really matter, then don't say anything. Um, we have to practice biting our tongue. And for some of us, like me, that means I'm going to have a sore tongue for a while. <laughs> some people. But... uh and, and a lot of us in the church, you know, uh, we get along good with our wives and our husbands because we we know if we're going to live in peace that we can't bring up every little thing. I'm sure I could get my wife to make a list of things. Uh, before I came up here today, earlier today I came in, I was on call, and when I got in, and walked in the door, I didn't notice we, we put down hardwood floors and I didn't notice that she had cleaned them. I walked over and sat on the couch and pulled my boots off. While I was pulling them off, I noticed the floor looked really clean. I seen the tracks going back to the door. I said, uh oh. She come in, did you take your shoes off before you go? I said, no. There they are. So that's one of the things my wife would say is that I don't take my boots off outside. I take, wait till I get inside and track up the floor before I take them off. And then before I came up here, I forgot and put my sandals on and then took the dog outside and then took him, put him back inside and went and got him a treat. So. I'll be in the doghouse tonight. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure anybody can make a list with their, of their best friends or, or of their wives or husband, a list of things that, that irritate them. But we don't bring it up because we want to be agreeable with these people. We want to be agreeable with our wives and our husbands. So that's how we got to treat everybody else. We've got to treat everybody else that we deal with and all the people in the church, we've got to treat them the same way. We have to bite our tongue on, on the minor things. If it doesn't matter, then bite your tongue. Amen? The second thing is we have to be sympathetic. James 1 and 19 in the NIV says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I know everybody here has heard the saying, uh, we have two ears and one mouth, so we should listen twice as much as we speak. And there's a lot of truth in that saying, we should be willing to listen. And that's what a lot to do with sympathy is, listening to someone when they're hurting, when they got something going on in their lives, and not just speaking, just telling them what they should do. And A lot of it's, being empathetic with them, to put yourself in their situations. Uh, oh, I lost my place. Uh, another thing that uh, I found myself doing throughout the years, when I was first became a Christian, when I was, uh, or uh, let me say, when I first started going to church on my own. I was started when I was 20. Probably the first... Six years I found myself real judgmental. I look back now and see that I was real judgmental. I would see people in the church that were doing things that I didn't, I didn't approve of. And I would say, man, I would never do that. And I'd tell other people in the church that I would never do that, not just me saying it to myself. I'd have probably been okay if I wasn't telling anybody else. But when, when I told somebody else, a few years later, I would find myself in that same predicament. And it seems like every time I judged people for what they were doing, then I was put through the test and I'd find myself in that same situation and I'd look back to three or four years ago and i said, Man, I said I wasn't ever going to do that. And here I am, you know. And so being sympathetic is the opposite of being judgmental. We're not to just judge when somebody does something wrong, or if you think it's wrong, that's not necessarily wrong uh, just because you think it is. A few years earlier, you find out, man, they got in they've got in this the hard way, you know. <laughs> so um, Peter says we should show we we should be sympathetic, we should be slow to speak, slow to become uh, become angry. And I could just, we could just read that verse today. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I think if we learned that, if that's the only thing we learned this year, and we put that into play, I think we'd be a lot better off as Christians. We wouldn't have to learn anything else as Christians. I think if we just put this into, into act and we did this every day, I think we'd be okay. You know, but uh, that's a, like I said, each one of these parts of this that fill in the blank are real hard and none of us have it together all the way. That's that's why Jesus came. Because he he was perfect. He had to sacrifice for us. We're not perfect. So we're not gonna have it all together. Okay? Number three, be loving. Be loving. When I was studying this verse this is the one that stopped me. Because I, I was figuring, you know, how, how am I going to explain how to be loving? I'm, I'm dealing with, uh, I'm dealing with being agreeable, being sympathetic, uh, you can see all of them in the, being compassionate, being humble, being encouraging. I'm dealing with all of these things and I'm, I know what the description of these things are and I could study it and I could write it down. But then to, Focus on this one word, being loving. I was like, how do how do I explain this? And the only way I come about doing it is as I thought about how do you be a loving father? How do you be a loving mother? How do you be a loving brother or a loving sister? What does that consist of? You know, if somebody says you're, a, I've got a loving mother. What does that consist of? Or. A, a, it, it's a lot. That one word encompasses a lot, what a mother does to, to be a loving mother. When you fall down when you're little, she, she kisses your boo-boos. She gives you a big hug, you know. Sometimes your loving father is because he, he, uh, he has to discipline you, because he loves you. Uh, but he also rides you on his knee like a horse when he's little. You know, he does it all. He takes you fishing, um, a loving wife, you know she don't yell at you when you walk in on her floor that she just cleaned. you know <laughs> she's not here. she left. <laughs> I'll tell you if that happens tomorrow. Uh, you know uh, she doesn't she doesn't blow up on me because she's asked me to change the oil in her car three times that week, and I hadn't got around to it yet, you know. She does stuff for me, and that's that's what being loving is uh, all about. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians thirteen four is not in your notes. You've all heard this. If you've ever been to a wedding, you've probably heard this scripture. I'm going to read what uh, this is. Just this isn't all that love is, but it's some of what love is. It Says love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful. Or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And that's not everything that love is. That's just a description of love. You can find other words in the Bible where they're explaining love. But... We're to love each other in the church and others the way a loving mother or a loving brother would treat each other. The people that are out of the church, we're to give them a big hug if we love them. Some people, now you got to use this with discretion now, some people ain't going to be okay with you hugging them, okay? Some people are, some aren't. You know, my close friends here at the church and some of my buddies I work with and stuff, if they're having a hard time, I'll give them, I'll give them a hug, you know, tell them, Praying for them, it's gonna be all right. You know they're gonna make it. That's part of loving people, and that's while we're living this out through the weeks. If you think back on this thing, if you if this comes to your mind when you're, everything I'm talking about tonight's about relationships, and your relationships with other people. If you want to be loving to them, think about how you would treat your loving brother or your loving mother, and that's how we're to treat other people. The fourth thing is be compassionate. Be compassionate. I believe compassion is just a part of love. It's putting love into action. Uh, We talked about sympathy a while ago. Uh, I'm going to use an example. Uh, I'm going to use, let's say, each of us here, we've got a uh, widow living next door to us. And uh, a recent widow uh An older lady that can't get on her own and can't do everything on her own. Uh, the person that's not sympathetic, the person that's judgmental could say, you would hear them say uh, that she's got garbage all in her yard, you know, and her grass is growing up. Man, that place is a mess. Her husband died. But... It, I knew she was going to kill him. She's cooking that fried food all his life, you know, feeding him that fried food. It's her own fault. You know, he was smoking cigarettes and overweight. That guy, I knew he was going to die. You know, it's just, it just was time coming. I wish she would hire somebody to clean up her yard, And uh, you know, but it's her own fault. That's a judgmental person. That's somebody not having sympathy. Now, the, the sympathetic person would say, that poor lady, you know, she's uh, lost her husband. She can't get around. She can't do anything. What a mess she is in. I just hope I never get in that way. I feel so sorry for that person. That's the person that's sympathetic but not judgmental. But compassionate takes it to another level. Uh, Her mowers, riding mowers broke. She can't mow. She can't take her garbage out. The compassionate person goes and takes her garbage out for her to the road. Helps her clean her yard up. While they're mowing, when they get done mowing their yard, they pull over to her yard and mow her yard. That's what compassion is. It's putting sympathy into action. It's just taking that one more step. And that's some of the same stuff we do here with the car washes. I mean, the church does it all the time. We help people out that need it as a as. The church body, you know, a lot of the money you go that goes in here is to help people out. Uh, but indiv- as individuals, a lot of us help people out, too. I hear people all the time saying somebody else from the church came and mowed their yard. I had somebody come and mow our yard when we bought our new house before we moved in it. And what a blessing that is, you know, and, and to come home and your yard be mowed when the weeds are that tall in it, you know, uh, and you don't own a lawnmower. Uh, what a blessing that is. Or, or somebody to wash your car out on the highway. Or somebody to do something for you when you're in need. And that's what it's all about. I think, uh, you have to use judgment with this as well. Just because somebody needs something done doesn't mean it's okay to become an enabler. You gotta use some judgment, uh, if, if their yard needs mowed and they're a 21 year old boy and they got a lawnmower in the shed out there, maybe you don't need to go mow their yard, you know. <laughs> maybe, maybe he needs some encouragement <laughs> by his dad probably or his mom, you know. We don't, we don't need to become enablers with this. We need to use proper judgment with it. But if you, you see a need, it's meeting those needs. That's what compassion is all about. It's stepping in and meeting those needs. And as a Christian family, that's something we need to do. If we're going to do radical living, if we're going to step, stick out in the crowd, that's being a radical liver, a person that's radical for Jesus. We have to do things that other people won't do. You've got to be able to make that step. The fifth thing is we have to be humble. Be humble. Pastor Steve has had this point in a lot of different messages throughout the year since I've been here. The first thing he always says is humble is not weak. A lot of people have weak and humble confused. There are a lot of war heroes. There are a lot of courageous people that are still humble people. Uh, I love the bumper sticker. I've seen it uh, on different cars around town. It says, I'm not perfect. I'm forgiven. And I think that has a lot to do with being humble. Uh, realizing that none of us are perfect. None of us have it all together. But Jesus came and died on the cross for us. And we can be forgiven. And I think through the years, the uh, I think the... The past, I don't know about before, but uh, the last hundred years, I think one of the mistakes the church has made is to pretend that we're all perfect, you know, or to, to have that pride, walk around snootiness that we've all got it together and we've all got it figured out and we don't do anything wrong. And that happened in the uh, 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s and, uh, and it's, it's just not true. And people see that, and they see that you're just pretenders. And the right attitude is to say, you know, that I'm just like you, brother. I slip and fall all the time. But, you know, Jesus came for that purpose. I'm just trying. And uh, I re- I, somebody had a Facebook comment one time talking about Christians being hypocrites, and it was one of my friends back home. And, and I replied, I, I think that's right. We are all hypocrites. Because we preach to do the right thing. You know, we want to do the right thing. But we slip and fall. But we don't need to judge other people. You know, we want to say do the right thing. Do the next right thing. That's what we're to do. And we're to preach it. We're to live it. We're to, but we're going to slip and fall and we're going to mess up. And that makes me a hypocrite, you know. And it happens. Believe it or not, I make mistakes. I'm sure y'all don't think so, but. Uh, we all have issues none of us are perfect not me not Pastor Steve nobody Jesus came he was the perfect person Uh, and like I said before every time I've gotten self-righteous passed judgment on somebody I'll be in the same place they are in two or three years so I've learned to if I'm going to judge somebody, I don't want to be where they are in that time of judgment. If I don't want to be there, I'm keeping my mouth shut. Um, number six is be encouraging. Be encouraging. Pastor Steve, this whole, the last series that he taught, I think, was on encouragement. Uh, and I think... Everybody in here has probably been here enough to know what we're talking about with encouraging. But uh, the scripture that I read earlier, uh, 1 Peter 3, 8 through 11, where it uses blessings, that word can also be encouraging, to bless others, to encourage others. That word can be switched out. It's the same word in the Greek. Okay. I'm lucky I work with the guys that I work with. Not a lot of people get much encouragement throughout the days, you know. Uh, the guys I work with, we, uh, every chance we get, we'll be sarcastic with each other, you know, and, and it's just being a guy, I think, is what that's about, you know. We know we love each other. When we have to or when we need to, we'll tell each other we love each other. But we're we're going to say if you do something that don't look right, we'll joke on you and everything. But at the end of the day, when we get our jobs done, I work for the power company. We work on the power lines. It's a real slow, tedious process when you're up there working with uh, hot wires. But at the end of the day, no matter who's working in the bucket, when they get down, the guy's down on the ground and the guy working in the other bucket uh, say, Good job, man. It looks good. Y'all did a great job on that. And that's something I I didn't see in the other jobs I had. At the end of the day, just every day, whether you're halfway done with a job or or 10% done with a job, however it is, our foremans, our other linemen that that are there standing on the ground, the apprentices, they all come up and and bunch your knuckles and say, good job, man, it looks good. And that's, a lot of people never get that, you know. I'm just lucky that that's where I work and, and that's how the guys are. My mom worked at a uh, elementary school. She was a she's retired now, but she was a school cafeteria manager. And she told me uh, that a lot of the kids that came through the line, she thought they they fed breakfast and lunch. And she told me that she thinks a lot of those kids that was the only meals they got. And she also she was they loved her because she was always she always complimented them, learned their names. Talk to them as they come through, and they called her Miss. Hey, Miss Mary, and they were all show her stuff, pictures. You know, when they come through the line, they loved her, but she was always complimenting them. She was always encouraging them. You know, and a lot of people, the only encouragement, the little kids, that was the only encouragement, the only smile they was going to see in the day too, because kids can be mean to each other, as you know. But the, a lot of those kids, the only encouragement that they were going to get was walking through that line with my mama talking to them and, you know, telling them she cared about them and just asking them, just, you know, why are you friend? Are you okay, you know, spending that time with them? And grown-ups are the same way. A lot of us grown-ups don't get encouragement at home, you know. Just because somebody's married doesn't mean their wife or their husband is encouraging to them. Or just because they have kids and they do things for their kids doesn't mean that they've been encouraged, you know. So, uh, we've got to spend time with our coworkers, with people. If you see somebody doing something, tell them, Good job, man, that looks good. Or if you notice something in a coworker that they do well, say, Man, I think you do that better than anybody I've ever seen, you know. My, uh, one of my coworkers says, I think I've seen better, but I don't know when. That's what it says. You know, and, and that's good when somebody tells you that. So that's something we gotta work on. Uh, and that's all I have. That's our part four, of radical living. We need to go out and we need to practice these things, put them into action. Uh, remember to be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one more into the kingdom of God. Uh, we need to keep our focus on that. And I've given you a lot of stuff here. Like I said, if you take that one little piece of scripture that I gave you earlier, and you just done that all year, you would be great. I gave you a lot of stuff tonight. If you want to dig back through it, um, I'd encourage you to do that. But if you just focus on these little things and accomplish these little things and just try your best to do these things, do the next right thing. Remember the people that are out there. Be compassionate, be loving, be humble, be encouraging, be agreeable, be sympathetic. Amen? Father, we thank you today for all that you are, all that you do. I thank you for giving us the opportunity to come here to serve you, to worship you. Lord, and I pray that you have your way in each of our lives. I pray that uh, that you be a father to each person here. That you continue to bless each person here, Lord. If you need prayer for anything tonight before you leave, I'll pray with you. God, just come up when I'm done and I'll pray with you. That's what I'm here for.